Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. This morning we're in John chapter 11 again. Just taking our time going through it. There's so much here. I'm not one of these people that tries to hurry to get through the Bible. I'm more of a person that I feel like it's not how much the Bible you get through, but how much goes through us. (laughs) That's what the Word says we're supposed to understand. And that's how we have that closer walk. With the Lord. So we'll be in John chapter 11. Start back in verse 36 again today. Remember, this is the chapter that Jesus is going to heal, or actually, I guess you would say heal, but he's going to bring Lazarus back from the dead because Lazarus has been dead. He's been in the tomb for four days. And so Lazarus is going to be in that tomb, and Jesus. Uh, loves Mary and Martha and uh, Lazarus and so he's going to bring them up he's going to bring Lazarus back and it's amazing because we've seen all the miracles that, that Jesus has done we've seen that he's healed the blind man, he's healed the man that was sick 38 years he's healed all these people and he's done all these miraculous signs but today we're going to see the ultimate sign that Jesus is going to heal Lazarus, bring him back from the dead after he's been in the grave for four days. So let's look at verse 36. And I want to just back up to verse 36. It says, or 35, it says, Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying. Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they might believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, 
come forth, and he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. So when we get to verse 35, we see Jesus in his humanness. He weeps and for Lazarus. And like I said last week, I think he was weeping not because Lazarus was dead, because he's, he's going to heal Lazarus. He knows he's fixing to bring him back up out of the grave. And so I think what he's weeping about is the effects of the sin, the effects of death, the effects of all the things that he has to put us through just to get us to to have a closer walk with him, you know? It, it's amazing what it takes for us as people to draw close to God. And, you know, sometimes we have to we have to whoop on our kids pretty good to get them to do what's right. And I think God has to do the same to us. He has to put us through a lot of things sometimes just to get us to understand who He is and how much He loves us and to draw close to Him and have that close walk with Him. The Jews said, see how He loved Him. And they they really don't understand. They, they see the weeping and they know that He loves Him. And this is actually the third time that uh, says that Jesus loved Lazarus. In a way they understand, but they really don't get the whole picture as we'll see in a little bit because some of them say, see how he loved him. And then some of them say, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? So there's, there's a belief and there's knowing that Jesus loves them. But then there's also some who say, you know, they doubt. And they wonder why Jesus allowed this. And you know, a lot of times we wonder why Jesus allows some of the things in our lives. Why He puts us through some of the things He puts us through. But you know, remember it's always for our good. It's always so that we know Him better. That we draw closer to Him. And we just go back to that verse that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purposes. So He allows things in our life to draw us closer to Him. Verse 38, it says, And Jesus again, groaning in Himself, came to the tomb. Now I think in a way this time He's kind of groaning because of the unbelief and the the people, the way they're acting. He's, you know, He... He was weeping because of the effects of the sin and the trouble that these people have gone through. But now I think here he groans because he's upset because these people have this unbelief and Jesus knows that they really need to believe, but he knows that they're not going to. There's certain people that won't believe. And we'll see that before this story is over. We'll see some believe and some don't. That's the way it always is. Some believe and get happy and some don't believe and they get mad. That's the way it always happens with Jesus. Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Remember they usually either had a hole in the ground and they put a stone over it or they had a cave and they would dig back into it or find a natural cave and they would roll a big old stone over the doorway so that animals couldn't get in and it would also keep some of the smell out. So 
Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, like I said last week, Jesus could have just flopped that stone up in the air. He could have just, you know, made it do flips or whatever. But Jesus, He uses people. He doesn't always do a miracle when He can allow us to help Him. You know, it's an amazing thing to me that God allows us to be part of what He does in life, right? I mean, He, he when, you know, it might seem like a small thing, but He asked them, where have they laid Him? And then He asked the people to take away the stone. Now, He could, he could have known where Lazarus was at. He could have took the stone away, but He allows us to participate. That's the way it is in life. God always works, but He wants us to work alongside of Him because He wants us to have the joy, the peace, and the abundant life that comes from working for God. I just, I just know that God, you know, when, when you do something for God, it's an amazing feeling. It's a wonderful feeling to know that you are working with God and when you see God do mighty things because you participated, you were involved, it's an amazing thing. I hope you know that feeling. I hope you have understood that and been a part of that. If you, if you haven't, it's never too late. We can pray with people. We can counsel with people. We can tell them about the Lord. But we need to participate with Jesus because one day what we do on this earth is going to determine our place in heaven. So Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. When you read your Bible, you know, notice something that several times he's called the man that was dead, the person that was dead, this man that was dead. They don't call him by his name, and I think that's deliberate. Because you sing that old song, it's really not a biblical. When we sing that song, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh mine. And you know how in the old in the Old Testament, every time God really worked in somebody's life, He gave them a new name, right? He gave He changed Paul's, He changed Peter's, and He changed their name because they were a new person, a new creation. So here. He really doesn't have a name because he's a nobody because he's a dead man. Uh, that's a picture of us lit being in sin and being uh, away from the faith, away from God. And really, until we know Christ, we're really not anybody. Because God wants to work in our lives. And until we trust Him, we don't have a plan. We don't have a purpose. We don't have a reason for living in this life. And that's why so many people say there's no hope. There's no reason to live. There's no uh, anything going on in life. But if you know Jesus, there's a reason to live, right? We sang that song last week, I think. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. And because He lives, I know He holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Martha says, you know, she wants to believe, but yet at this point she still hasn't really believed because she believes Jesus can raise him from the dead, but then she's thinking, okay, he's been in the grave four days. He, he stinks by now. 
the Jews always put a person in the grave the same day, especially over in Israel back in those days. They didn't have any of the things we have today. But it's awfully hot over there. And so they would try to make sure they were in the grave the same day. Here they are. And she says, Lord, we don't want to do this. By now he stings. And Jesus said to her, Did not I say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? He's going all the way back to the beginning of this chapter. What did he say to him when he when he sent when he got the message about Lazarus being dead? It says in verse four, when Jesus heard that, he said, "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it." That's the message he sent back to Mary and Martha. That is the message he sent back, and now he repeats the message that they should have heard. They probably heard well. He's going to come and he's going to heal him, and but he didn't, and he died, and he's in the grave four days. But Jesus said, "Did not I see that if you would believe, believe what? Believe in me, that you would see the glory of God." Jesus is wanting to show her something much more greater than just healing a man. He wants to bring somebody back from the dead who's been in the grave four days. Let let me go back to that just for a minute. Now, in the old days, what they thought was there was some kind of weird belief that they had that for three days, that after you died, that your spirit would hang around. Because the spirit kept thinking, well, the body's going to get back up again and it's going to do something, right? And, And I'm going to come back in and join it. But after... They said after the fourth day, the spirit would leave and never come back again. This was just some kind of belief that the Jews and these people of this time had. Had no biblical basis, had no reason for believing. But for some reason or another, they had come to this belief that the spirit would stick around for for four days. So there's a reason Jesus waits four days. Because he wants them to understand even if they believe this weird belief about the Spirit coming back, that the Spirit's gone. It's too late in their eyes. There's no way He can come back anyway, no how, no way. And so Jesus waits that four days. So His purposes would be fulfilled. Martha believes, but yet she doesn't believe. You say, well, how can she do that? We do it all the time, don't we? We say, well, God, we know you can do this or we believe it, but then when push comes to shove, what do we do? We kind of start doubting, don't we? That's what Martha's doing. She's like, okay, well, he's been dead four days, Jesus. What are we going to do? She doesn't know what to do. If we can trust God's will, trust God's power, and God's timing, then we're a trusting soul. Do you know that? We have to look at that. God's will... God's power and God's timing. Because see, God works on His timetable. What's that verse? I'm trying to remember. I think it's in Isaiah. It says that uh, His ways are higher than our ways. And our ways are not His ways. But His ways are so much higher than Isaiah. We don't understand His ways. Here, He says, 
Did you not believe? Did did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? What's the glory of God? Every time Jesus does something in our lives, every time God shows us who He is, His power, His virtues, His excellencies, everything about Him, anything about Him that's glorious and wonderful, which is everything, right? Every time we see those things, guess what? We've seen the glory of God. You go all the way back to John chapter 1 and verse 14, He says, And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so every time we see, and He says He's given us grace upon grace upon grace, and, and that means that He keeps blessing us and blessing us and blessing us, and the things that He does for us just day-to-day life, as we see that and witness that, we're seeing God's glory. We see God's glory when we look at the sky and the stars. I, mean, I heard somebody talking about yesterday, and what well, there's like, they don't know how many billions of galaxies there are out there. Billions of galaxies. I'm not talking about billions of stars. I'm talking about billions of galaxies. And each one of those galaxies holds, we don't know how many stars. They said that the Milky Way, I heard a guy yesterday, he said the Milky Way held about 2 billion stars. So just the Milky Way. And so we don't know how many stars are out there. We don't know how many galaxies. Scientists can't find the end of all of it. It's out there. And every time we see the wondrous things of God, we see His glory. And then they says in verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Notice he's still called a dead man. So they took away the stone. There must have been some other people there. I don't know who all was there. There were people with, with Mary when she was mourning. And they followed her. And then Jesus lifted up His eyes and said, Father... I thank you that you have heard me. See, the moment that he knew Lazarus was dead, he started praying. He started praying because he knew God wanted to do a miracle. He'd already got the answer because he, he, he told him that this sickness is not under death, but for the glory of God. That, that God would be glorified and that the Son of God would be glorified. Jesus would be glorified. And so he knows that God's going to do a miracle. And he says, I thank you that you've already heard me. You know, the Bible says, if, and we know that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. And the Bible talks about having that confidence to boldly go into the throne room of God. And, and when we confidently pray those things that we know are God's will, we know that we have them. And so Jesus knows that this is the Father's will. And he thanks him for that he's heard him because he's already prayed. He's not praying now. He said, I thank you that you've already heard me and that we're going to do this, that you're going to do it and I'm going to participate. And he says, and I know that you always hear me. He knows that, but he says, but because of these people who are standing by, I said this, that they might believe that you sent me. And so he says again that you've sent me. He wants the people around to understand and know that Jesus was sent by God. And I don't know if I said this last week, but I looked up 
that many times that Jesus said that He was sent by the Father. And He says that He was sent by the Father that He sent me 42 times. Now He says some other ways that, that He came from the Father and He came down. But 42 times He said the Father sent me. 42 times in the whole book of John. That's pretty important, isn't it? If God says something once, it's important. But if He says it 42 times, He wants us to understand He came down from the Father. He came down to show us the Father. He says the whole reason He's doing this is they might believe that He was sent by the Father. And then it says in verse 43, Now when He had said these things, He cried with a loud voice. I that might go back to First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen, where it says there'll be a, a trump, a shout, and the and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise. And God's gonna cry out. It's a loud cry. And he says he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus come forth, and one man said that if he hadn't cried out Lazarus that guess what? Probably every person in the grave would have come out. But he spoke and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because one day in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, when he says that Jesus comes and that rapture is going to occur, that time when he doesn't come to earth, but he gathers his people from the earth, he cries with that shout and that voice and the and the trump of God and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise and it says and then we who are alive and remain shall ever be with him so there's coming a time when Jesus is going to cry from up in the air and the people who are dead and in the earth they're going to raise up first and then we who are alive if we're still alive and Jesus cries out we're going to rise to meet him too but here he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes forth. And he says, and when he, and he who died, notice he says, he who died came, came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I was reading this section of scripture. And it says here that he said, He who died came out bound and, and hand and foot with grave clothes. And I tried to figure out and I looked around and some people said they wrapped the legs separately and some people said they wrapped the whole body in one thing and that seems to be kind of the thing they say with that shroud of Turin that they believe was was on Jesus, which I don't believe it was, but apparently he was wrapped so tight with all these spices and all these things they put on him that the only way he could have gotten to the door of that tomb was by the power of God. God brought him forth to the door of the tomb because he was bound head and feet and he wouldn't even know which way to go, much less could have walked with it wrapped up like a mummy. And so somehow Jesus propels him to the door and then it says... Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Notice when he cries out, he calls him Lazarus, calls him by his name. And he's a somebody again. And he says, loose him 
and let him go. Now, really, this is a picture of us being dead in Christ. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are dead in our trespasses and our sins, but we are made alive in Christ. And then he tells us to take off the old man and put on a new man. He tells us to take off the old old ways, the old clothes, the old things, the old ways we live, and to put on the new man. And you know what? I think that's what's going on here is Jesus tells him, loose him and let him go. Because you know what? Our job, if we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, is to not only take off the old grave clothes that are on us, but to put the new put the new clothes on. It's amazing to me. God will take a sinner. The Bible says, "What what was that song we just got through singing? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see." Right. And so God wants us to take off the old man because the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. And when they pulled off those wrappings, what did they find underneath that wrapping? They found fresh, live flesh. And that's what God wants to bring in us, a freshness, a newness, a life, a newness of life. And He wants us to become like Him. He wants us to put off that old dead man, those old dead ways. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, that God raised Jesus up for the glory of God. It was the glory of God that raised Him up. And it also tells us in Romans chapter 6 that we are dead. We were dead, in our, but God has made us alive. Lazarus is a picture of a person in sin. Before they're saved. And when he comes out of that grave, he's a picture of a, of a Christian, of a new person in Christ. That we were dead in our trespasses and sins. When Lazarus was laying in that grave, he couldn't do nothing, could he? That's a picture of us before Christ. But when Christ cries out and says, Marty, come forth, calls your name and says, come forth. We come forth and we become that new person, that new creation. And we can have joy and peace and and all the things that God has for us in life. That's what He wants. That's what we're to become. He didn't save us to stay the way we used to be. That's like having a million dollars in your bank account and you still still go eat out out of the garbage cans behind some restaurant, right? But God wants us to be different. That's why He saved us. That we would be like Him, conform to His image. My prayer today is for all of us, is we keep putting off the old man and put on the new man. That we're to have a closer walk with Jesus every day. As we do that, then we will see more and more of Jesus. Because we will be more and more like Him. The Bible says in Corinthians that we behold Him as in a mirror, but then one day we will see Him because we will be face to face with Him and we will see Him for who He is because we'll be like Him. Do you know the more you like Jesus, the more you can see of Him? 
He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. We need to draw near to God and love Him. Let's pray and I will close. Father, we thank You for who You are. We thank You for sending Jesus. And we thank You that we get to be new creations. That we get to see Your glory. That we get to see more of You. Lord, help us to have a closer walk with You. And one day... When you come back for us with that trump, that voice, and uh, shout of the archangel that we will be like you, Lord. So we ask today that you would help us to trust you more, to believe in you more, and to just uh, allow you to come, Lord, over more areas of our life and keep putting off the old man and putting on the new, new man that we might become like you. Put off those old clothes and put on the new clothes. Father, we want to be like You and we want to see You for who You are. As Moses said, show me who You are. Show me Yourself. And God says, I'll show you as much as I can. I can't show you all of me, but I'll show you as much as I can. Lord, that's our cry. Show us who You are and let us see Your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.